Programming note. This chapter contains product placement. TNT Audio Publishing presents The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles by T.L. Dawnstar. Written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Book 1.0 The Universe Cone. Chapter 2 Long Dank Night of the Soul. The world, or more accurately, the spaceport, went silent for Carl Darkcruiser. Everything seemed to slow down. It was like when an event is slowed down for dramatic effect in a vid movie or an ebook. Seconds after he'd heard the pop, Dank Starhole fell to the ground and died because he'd been shot. Carl instinctively looked up in the direction from which the shot had come from, but saw nothing. Nothing but the hard rain hammering down on the roof of Uncle Dennis and Auntie Val's authentic Earth-style sausage palace and shoe repair emporium. Carl looked down at his wet feet. There was a developing hole in his right cowboy boot. Maybe he ought to pay Uncle Dennis and Auntie Val a visit. He could go for some sausage, too. He was clearly in shock, so much so that he was still thinking about synthetic pork products and cobblery while staring into Dank's dead eye. His former lover's shiny chrome skull plate seemed somehow duller now. His hot pink PVC trench coat faded. His anachronistic bell bottoms frayed at the ends. However, as if to mock this tragic scene, his glow-in-the-dark flip-flops shone brightly in the gloom of the alley. He didn't really know what to do. He was frozen with shock, fear, confusion, and hunger. Carl knelt down to examine the body, using the detective skills he'd acquired on a two-day training course on the planet Slough some cycles ago. Methodically poking the gaping chest wound with an old coat hanger he'd found behind a bin, Carl forensically probed the hole in Dank's flesh. There was blood pouring from the fatal gunshot wound, and blood all over the ground. Phase weapons cauterize wounds, meaning the assassin must have used a real bullet. Ancient technology. Why not just use a phase blaster? Or the new T-89 Sniper Model Plus gun from Merco. It offers unbeatable range in inclement weather conditions, and has an improved stock over the T-88, reducing kickback by an average of 30-40%, to 40%, as well as a range of additional scopes available for purchase at an affordable price for any mid-level assassin. A five-cycle guarantee and a free call-out service from an independently qualified technician. Yes, the T-89 from Merco really would have been an ideal choice for a special job like this, as well as just a great everyday Plus gun. He reminded himself to visit his local authorized Merco dealer as soon as possible, then continued to poke his dead friend and one-time lover's rapidly cooling body with the rusty metal object. He managed to dislodge the bullet from Dank's exploded chest. It clattered to the ground with a clatter. Carl picked it up and examined it in his fingerless gloved hand. Etched on the side of the well-preserved bullet, in childish block letter scrawl, was the name Dirk Stankmole. Then the fib dropped. Of course. The Zarkians were just a distraction, a ploy to lure Dank out into the open. No wonder they escaped so easily. Dank had once told him that everyone in this universe has a bullet with their name on it. Technically, he said Phase Blaster Bolt, which you can't write on, but the brilliant dramatic irony was not lost on Carl Darkcruiser. But something didn't sit right with him, and it wasn't just the effects of the non-alcoholic slippery nipple he'd knocked back earlier, or his sudden craving for lab-grown sausage meat. Dirk Stankmol thought Carl's now sausage-addled brain. Dirk? Stankmole? 
Stop! Uh, I mean, um, freeze! cried a high, thin voice from behind the still-crouching bounty hunter, space pirate, and now, apparently, detective. Put your hands on the ground! The voice continued. Try again, Geef, said a deeper voice. Hands in the air! That's it, in the air! shouted Geef. Hold on, lad. I appreciate your positive response to my request. The deeper voice again. Pigs. Khan knew the drill. He'd been hassled by countless law enforcement agencies on dozens of worlds. He'd seen the inside of more jail cells than he'd had hot sausage dinners. Gods, he was hungry. Stay cool, K-Dog. He put his hands up and felt the fateful bullet fall through his fat fingers followed by the bent coat hanger. First day on the job, kid. You don't want to ruin your new uniform by shitting your pants, do you, rookie? Said Carl without turning around. Pretty cool, he thought to himself. Sarge, the suspect is damaging my self-confidence and it is affecting my ability to dispense justice effectively. Fall back and begin meditative breathing exercises on the double. I'll handle this gentleman, whom I respect as a fellow sentient being. Keith retreated to the mouth of the alley and began centering himself by breathing deeply and humming Polyvian folk chants. Sarge reached for his non-lethal phase buster and approached Carl slowly. I in no way mean to infringe on your civil rights as a galactic citizen, but... I request that you respond to my request to turn around slowly in positive and constructive manner. Carl began to slowly turn around. As his massive head rotated, his roguish good looks came into view of the sergeant. Even at a harsh 45 degree angle, the veteran security officer could make out his slick silver hair, piercing blue eyes, and the deep but attractive scar running down his roguishly handsome, unshaven face. Well, I'll be, muttered Sarge. Carl mother-flipping dark cruiser. In the flesh. Apart from all the metal and plastic bits. You're wanted for operating an unlicensed tour shuttle, indecent exposure, fighting, shouting at people, vandalism, kicking over bins, smashing up shuttle stops and spitting on over 14 planets. You've got a hollow sheet as long as a Taraxian hover snout. And I guess we can now add murder to that list. Looks like he used a coat hanger to manufacture a rudimentary projectile weapon that fired that old-time bullet into the victim's chest, Sarge. Piped up Geef, successfully calmed from his breathing exercises. That's some fine detective work, Geef, nodded Sarge approvingly. What do you have to say for yourself, Mr. Dark Cruiser? Carl narrowed his eyes at the pair of cops. Okay, so that's how this is going to go down, he seemed to say with his increasingly squinty eyes. Although he didn't say it with his mouth, he knew they understood. Yeah, that's it. Sweat, little piggies. Take all the time you need to formulate your answer, sir. Choosing your words carefully is a lost art in this day and age. And I for one think if we all thought a little more before we spoke, this old universe of ours would be a much better and safer place. For all of us. But most importantly, for the children. Geef wiped away a single tear from one of his eight eyes. Footnote. Geef is a Disnarkian spider boy. But, just to be clear, I am definitely still arresting you for doing a murder. Carl's eyes were basically closed by this point, and he decided that this time, unlike on countless other occasions, squinting alone wouldn't get him out of this messed up mess. It's shooty time, he thought, but not out loud. He'd experimented with several catchphrases over the cycles. It's shooty time was one of the better ones, he thought. A solid entry into the maybe column, alongside other erstwhile semi-classics, such as Put the whiskey on the stove! Space Boy's back, prepare for armed conflict, and I'm Carl. His favourite, however, remained the unbeatable 
Ask me about the great range of products and affordable pricing schemes available from your nearest authorized Merco dealer. As fast as an Andromedean hypercheater, Carl dropped his hands and reached for his phase blaster. He whipped it out of the old battered holster, couldn't remember where he bought it, and swung the gleaming metal pistol into optimum firing position. He was about to pull the trigger when a high-speed jet of sticky web-like substance shot towards his hand, encasing it in a cyberball-sized orb of viscous gloop. He struggled to squeeze the fingers inside the hardening webball around his hand, but it was no use. His hand was caught, like a fly in a web, in a web. Another jet secured Carl's second hand, then another bound his legs and sent him spinning to the hard metal surface of the alley, almost directly on top of the cold, dead body of his old friend and one-time lover, Dank Starhole. The sergeant nodded approvingly and turned to the squat and panting Geef, who had begun the traditional Disnarkian post-webbing dance. Now I'll be the first to admit, when they let you spider boys join the force, I was sceptical. Heck, I made some downright arachnophobic comments. But that disgusting webbing of yours has saved my life 17 times now since we became partners last week. For that, Geef, I thank you. And while the rest of this spaceport might treat you like a second-class citizen, I want you to know I consider you as good as any gosh darn Zarkian, Talevian or Flugan. Maybe, in time, I'll come to consider you almost human. And not the terrifying spider monster that you so clearly are. The sergeant lay a fatherly hand on one of Geef's uniformed shoulders, and Geef placed one of his eight arms on the sergeant's hand, in a moment that marked the true beginning of their time as partners and equals on the mean streets of Spaceport 6. Somehow they both knew that this moment would be important later on in any potential spin-off franchise properties. What happened next was a blur to Carl. He drifted in and out of consciousness, pleasantly dreaming of the pleasure gardens of Dorp. He caught snippets of conversation as he was transported in the back of a moving hover skiff, gliding at a steady and safe pace towards the spaceport sex center. In his moments of lucidity, he tried to speak, but discovered that his mouth was firmly sealed shut by Disnarkian webbing, which was a real shame because he'd thought of some solid spider puns during the journey. Taken down by a goddamn rookie spider boy. You're losing your edge, Dark Cruiser. He began to feel himself slipping away again, reeling from the effects of the phase buster, and he fell into a dark, dreamless state. Dark Cruiser awoke in a grey cell. Its once gleaming chrome walls had been dulled to a dim grey by countless years of criminal habitation. The pervasive harm from the ceiling hollow lamps was making his already throbbing headache worse still. He felt an incredible emptiness deep in his guts as the events of the last few hours returned to him from what he hoped might be a phase-buster-induced dream. No such luck for this space pirate. The memories of the Zarkian attack at 9-4BNs, the shooter in the alley, and reaching further back, the Vellum Cluster, were upsetting and disturbing under the cold, unforgiving glow of the hollow lamps. He paced the small room like a tiger caged in a small cage, then sat back down on the hard metal cot and thought about Dank. Dank, he thought. He thought what might have been, in a different time, in some far-off reality, somewhere at the edges of the boundless universe. Two specks of light, burning brightly in the void. Two souls spinning around the heart of a dying star. The emptiness within him became overwhelming. I'm cold. 
said an ethereal voice. Who's there? Carl probed, but received no response from the empty room. He stormed over to the comm unit on the wall beside the large metal door and activated the display. Quit screwing around! He barked angrily into the microphone. That's, That's cool. Shut up! Screamed Carl. He gripped the comm unit tightly, afraid to turn around. He knew what would be there. He knew who would be there. There was a pop and nothing. Only the cold. I'm sorry, Dank. Carl turned around and was confronted with the image of Dank Starhole. His chest exploded and leaking an oily black substance, his eyes burning with bright blue flame, his arms outstretched and hands cupping piles of broken teeth with sparkling water dripping from his mouth. He seemed to speak without moving his lips. The universe, Corden. But it's just a myth, Dank. It's spoken only of in legend and in the forgotten songs of a thousand worlds, pleaded Carl. When mortal hands caress the cold, mortal lips speak truth, and truth alone. What do you want about Dank? Dank began to levitate, approximately two to two-thirds of a meter above the dirty cell floor. He extended his neck until it reached the ceiling, rotated his head, and began to oscillate in and out of vision. His body split lengthways and revealed that it was nothing more than several small dogs in a rudimentary human suit. The dogs bore the faces of the ancient earth singer Tony Doubleday and laughed delightedly. Find the killer, find the cone, and clear your name, Dark Cruiser, the voice whispered faintly. How? Find the killer, find the cone. Sorry, Danka, I'm still not getting it. When mortal hands caress the cone, mortal lips speak truth, and truth alone, no man can lie. Whilst in its corny embrace. I understand. I'll avenge you, Dank. If it takes me to the ends of the universe, through the depths of every alien hells in a thousand systems, I'll find your murderer, and I'll bring him down. Dark Cruiser style. Also, find the universe, Kun. I'll see if I can work that in as well. The disparate dog-shaped limbs and other body parts of Dank's spectral form began to reassemble and mutate back into their original shapes, albeit in the wrong order. With feet for hands and hands for feet, the definitively deceased Dank disappeared. To where? Who can say? The mystics of Shatala Prime would say that his spirit joined the great dance in the Cave of Souls. The Burgundy clerics of Titan might suggest he was swallowed by the giant ocelot, Vernon, who lives deep in the hearts of all men. But Carl had no time for such fanciful notions of afterlife. To him, Dank was nothing now but worm food, already beginning to rot in the sex center's badly climate-controlled morgue. If only they'd made the smart choice when upgrading their existing cooling system and purchased a Krylax 2000K. Now that's a unit with some serious efficiency features. Whether resting in the calming embrace of Vernon's fragrant stomach acids or completely losing his shit in a cave rave, Dank was dead, and his death required some serious revengining. And Carl Darkruiser, certified vengeance specialist, was just the man for the job. Carl clutched his head and fell to the floor. Had he really seen Dank? Was the universe cone real? Why were his fingers stretching out in four directions at once? Why was he hearing the full fat sounds of the classic milk rock duo Cowabunga Sunrise? His eyes detached and looked deep inside himself, and what he saw would fundamentally change him for at least the next two solar weeks.
the purple quarkish landlord giggled as he turned the spit that roasted Carl's left leg. The upside-down woman looked on with glee, light beaming from her bleeding hands. The vibrating boy in the corner of the room licked the walls, revealing an opening through which liquid sound pours up towards the sky. The underappreciated hollow lamps spoke softly to one another in cactus tongue. Cal felt his cyber toes detach from his feet and begin to milk a silvery fluid from their newly mutated nipples. He saw the face of his mother, undulating in a mass of copper wiring matted into the shape of a year's supply of screaming expired pharmaceuticals. The face tilted back and opened its nostrils, releasing a blinding smoky light, the color of which could not be identified. Tumbling out of the foul-smelling light came a sphere of perfect green. The green orb flickered and vibrated, erupting into a trillion gleaming shards of meat, then reconfigured into the undeniable shape of a cone. Stretching his hand out beyond all conception of rational space, Dark Cruiser reached for the reflective cone. His own distorted face stared back at him, mouthing silently. His fingers brushed gently at the edge of the universe cone, and his own face became that of Dank Starhall, who mouthed, Find, Find the corn, prove, prove your, your innocence, innocence, and avenge, avenge my death. death. It was at this point that Carl decided he was probably hallucinating, and that the last 14 hours he'd spent spinning on a bird-shaped fragment of fragile neon eggshell hurtling through the space-time vortex, weeping tears that formed glowing planets, stars, nebulas, and petrol stations, was statistically likely to have been the result of Disnarkian spiderweb mixed with the blast from the phase buster. An unknown amount of time later, Carla woke back in that same metal cell, screaming. A brisk voice boomed out of the comm unit by the door. Shut up in there, killer. You'll want to save your screen to when they throw you into the portal. What? muttered Carl. You've been found guilty, my lovely. It's the disintegration portal for you, sweetheart. Somehow, the voice's use of terms of endearment sounded bizarrely genuine. Make your peace with your gods. You've got 24 hours. There was a harsh digital click, and the intercom went dead. It was clear to Carl now what he had to do next. The visions had guided him to a truth that he sort of already knew. The universe cone was real, and if the legends were true, no man could lie whilst grasping it. It would be incontrovertible proof that he didn't kill Dank. If he was going to prove his innocence and escape the cold clutches of certain death, he'd have to travel to the far-flung reaches of the galaxy on a thrilling adventure, meeting some colourful characters along the way, overcoming a series of increasingly difficult challenges in a richly woven universe where friends become enemies and enemies become friends. No doubt he'd have to tackle some deep themes laced with powerful emotional resonance that will challenge his core beliefs and force him to come to terms with the very nature of what it means to be human. He knew he'd come back a different man, somehow more developed. But first, he needed to stage a meticulously planned escape from a high-security space prison using only his wits and his big arms. To be continued. The Carl Dark Cruiser Saga Chronicles is a production of Dawnstar Audio, written and read by T.L. Dawnstar. Carl Dark Cruiser was played by T.L. Dawnstar. Dankstar Hall was played by T.L. Dawnstar. Special thanks to no one. Get in touch via electronic mail using the address tldawnstar at gmail.com or via Twitter 
at TL underscore Dawnstar.